What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode 37.5 of Behind the Daw. Now, what the heck is a 0.5 episode? Don't worry, I'll explain it to you. So a 0.5 episode is where we take the audio of our YouTube series in the Daw where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time and we put it in a podcast form so you can listen to it on the go. Because normally what we do, normally we interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, and everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, music business basis. But of course, for the 0.5 episodes, we want to give you that chance to soak in the technical side of music production so you can get that perfect combination of technical and emotional knowledge. So let's talk about who our guest is today. Now, who is our guest? Our guest is Fabian Mazur. If you don't know who Fabian is, I am so sorry, but I'm also so happy to be able to introduce you to such a talented producer and to introduce you to someone who is so knowledgeable on the production side, and you'll see that in the interview here later. So we're going to be breaking down his song, Level Up. What are some things that you're going to be learning today? How to spice up your bass sound using comb filters and reverb filters. It's, you know, it is kind of a common knowledge of what those are now, in a sense, but they are extremely powerful and I feel like their potential has just barely been tapped. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about a mixing checklist. All right. What to do, where to start. You start with the vocals, you start with the bass, you start with the drums. We'll talk about that. Another thing that we're going to be talking about is Ableton versus Logic, the age old query. But, you know, we're, we're going to provide some pretty good evidence as to why Ableton comes out to be the winner. Even Fabian says so, and he's a Logic user. After we get done with all the sound design stuff, we are going to talk about how to compose a drop of this fashion, you know, kind of more in the dubstep bass, uh, trap kind of, kind of vibe, how we compose a drop on a melodic sense. How do we compose it melodically? Do we just ride that root note? Do we go to the fifth? Do we go octaves? We'll talk about it. And then we're also going to be talking about how Fabian composes his drops rhythmically, how he gets unique rhythms in there, you know, how to make them groovy and things such as that. So make sure to stay tuned for that. If you enjoy this episode, or if you don't enjoy this episode, or if you have tips to make the series better, by all means, please comment down in the comments, uh, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube, wherever you are partaking of this, please do that. It helps us know that what we're doing is legitimate and that we're going on the right path to giving you what you desire. Also, please follow whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're partaking of this content. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Fabian Mazur. I want to welcome you to this week of In The Daw. We are honored, we are pleasured, we are blessed in order to have Fabian Mazur. How are you doing today, man? All good, man. Thank you. Pleasure being here. We're going to be breaking down this lovely slong, this lovely slong. It's a slong. It's a song. Lovely song called Level Up. When did Level Up come out, man? It came out um, last month. And how's it doing? It's doing pretty well. Um, so far, as like SoundCloud and Spotify goes, it's um, it's been racking up a, a little bit of place. What we're going to start doing, we started doing this in our in our podcast, Behind the Dog. But in the middle of this episode, I'm going to give a music business tip, particularly in social media marketing, that I think is going to help push this song even further. So stay tuned for that. If for the viewers watching, make sure to stay tuned for that because it's going to be really, really cool. Really quick, for those who are watching, we got five 
five links in the description. The first link is a link to the In The Daw and the Behind The Daw Patreon. It is the reason why we can do this. It is $1 a month and it ensures that we can keep doing these type of videos indefinitely, forever, to keep bringing on amazing people like Fabian Mazur and to keep growing all of us as producers. So for the viewers, please check that out. The next link is for artist suggestions. If you wanna suggest someone to come on the show, go ahead and click on that link. The third link is private lessons. If you want private lessons in electronic music production or social media marketing, go ahead and click on that. We can set that up for you. The fourth link also has to do with social media marketing. It is a giveaway. If you click on that link, you will be entered to win a free 20 minute uh, social media marketing consultation. We can look at you, we can look at your brand, see what you're doing, give you some tips. And then finally, we are gonna be giving away the synth lead in the drop of this song. Sounds like this. If you want that for free, go ahead and click on that link down in the description. First question I'm curious about is the how you did all those vocal, I suppose there might be those vocal chops down there. Um, like, Was he using a sampler or did you use like Metadine to pitch shift it? Or? I was doing a remix of Zed's track called Middle and he has that um, that vocoder, vocal thing, made like an EXS sampler track in Logic while I was working on that remix and I was like, wait, this is cool for another song because I was playing around with it. While I was working on the Zed remix, I went and started this song. So I took those chops, which is actually the part of the Zed song where it goes, baby, why don't you love me? Let me know. And I just chopped it up and pitched everything up a lot. So basically, if we strip everything away from the channel strip here, it sounds like this. So I just took the, the part of the acapella and just spaced it out on different keys and just played it on the keyboard until it sounded dope. And then I pitched it up an octave and just processed it a lot. When you're talking about the acapella, is that the acapella for the middle or is this a different acapella? It's the acapella for the middle. On your channel, uh, chain. There, there's a plugin in SoundShift. What is that? So SoundShifter is a plugin from Waze. And from experimenting a lot, I found that this is the best way to get something up an octave without the whole audio quality format stay intact. I mean, this is the best way for me to pitch it up an octave. Just so the viewers know, we are Waves Affiliate. So if you want this plugin, hit us up. We can get you a discount. Also, Fabian, if you want plugins in the future with gnarly discounts, hit us up. I'm a big advocate of SoundShifter. Can you click on the, the chroma reverb? I love of the way course. that thing looks. Let's talk it about is... chroma because I love this reverb so much. Do you know it? I only know it from reading an article about it. All I know is when you press play, there is really cool things that happen. Yeah, like exactly. as far as so Chroma is Logic's new convolution reverb, and it just sounds amazing. All right, so when you're in Chroma Verb, you have these different halls to choose from. They're all pretty distinct, actually. I like the vocal hall for like synths and vocals, and I use the ones down here, especially the Strange Room and the Bloomy, for more experimental stuff, like atmospheric stuff and effects and stuff. It's just so cool. I mean, it sounds really good. I haven't really found anything that's close to this one waves has that what's it called i think it's called h reverb which is um which is pretty good as well i use chroma verb for almost everything i just love the visual thing i mean i'm i'm such a noob with this stuff i mean if it has a, a pretty visual appearance i like it this one sounds good too adam you have a synth that's very visual is it the, the, the plant-based one yes that's one the one yeah. is that synth plant right synth plant, yeah, yeah. Crazy. that's one of the most innovative things i've ever 
come across in the mile. You have, have like a seed of an idea and then you plant it and it makes like eight, eight, eight or 12 different variations. Yeah. And then you pick, you pick your favorite and then you replant it. So it's, it's like a whole new different way of approaching sound design. I love random stuff like that. It's crazy intuitive with this stuff. It's like planting a little like a little synth family. You know what I mean? You're just watching the generations grow. That's so cool. The question that most people are wondering is how you, how you made the main bass or lead, whatever you call it, the primary core noise in the, in the main bit. I spend a lot of time doing these leads because I didn't really know where to go with the track. And at first it wasn't really tonal enough. But let me play you all of them. Let me just freeze up some of the other elements of the track. While we're doing that, while you're freezing up some of those elements, we can have our music business tip. How about that? Huh? Yes, that's a great idea. All right. So go ahead and keep uh, freezing those things, doing those things. So like I mentioned, we're going to start doing a business, a music business tip in every episode. So in this week, we're going to talk about how to get more views on Facebook, which if you get more views on Facebook, it can be the funnel that can drive people to where you truly want them to go, whether it's SoundCloud or YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music, so on and so forth. So what you can do is when you release a song or like Fabian here, he does he does vlogs and he does tutorials and stuff like that. When you want to get more views in that kind of stuff, what you can do is you upload the full music video, the full song, the full lyric video, the full episode, whatever it is to Facebook. When you upload it to Facebook, it pushes it out. It'll say like, hey, you reached this many people. It's not going to be very much because Facebook loves to make money. Most people think that the only way to get views and to get reach is if you boost post. By the way, don't boost posts. Don't. It's of the devil. If you want to get, if you want to push a post, you do an ad. Don't do a boost. Anyways, so once you post the video, what you can do is you can then go into your video library. You can select the particular video that you want to keep pushing. What you can do is you can select that video and you can say, use as post again, or something of that variation. I forget exactly what it is, but there's a button in the bottom right corner. So when you select that, it basically creates a new post with that video without resetting the views. The reason why this is beneficial is because each time you put out a post, whether it's a video or just a post or a picture or what have you on Facebook, it sends it out to different people right? It says that the little thing that says you reached X amount of people. If you were to put out that exact same post again, it'll reach another set of people and another set and another set. So essentially you can keep posting the exact same thing and it'll keep putting out to different people, but you're still going to be racking up the views and the likes and the comments. So that way it's basically a free way to, to boost, keep racking up those views and racking up those views. The more views you get, the more it'll be in like related videos when people are watching videos on Facebook and the more people that watch your videos, the more you can push people towards the links that are in the videos, whether it's to Spotify or to SoundCloud or to what have you. The drop is made from three leaves. I actually started making the second one, um, which sounds like this. I made this first over the drums and realized that the bounce was really cool, but it didn't really have any tone at all. It's just like, I think it was the comb or the reverb filter in Serum. All right, um, and we also got the reverb filter in the filtering section here. So it's like double trouble. Quick question with that though. Um, I see that it originally was a cymatics thing. So did you find a cymatics preset and then just tweak it to your heart's desire? Yes, I did. I browsed the presets and what I usually do is I'll browse presets until I find something that's like cool and then I process it afterwards and with this one I actually think I did the LFOing myself I can't really remember what I usually do is I'll make it an LFO um just to give it that whop and just take the um the LFO to the level meters of both oscillators so it kind of does the whoop sound and then 
I love reverb filters. I mean, last year, the leads have been made using reverb filters in Serum. <laughs> I love that so much. But yeah, I made this lead and I figured that it needed some more tonal stuff on top of it as well. Yeah, it was sounding pretty bland. I made this one. Sharp sounding, weird, airy lead, and let's just hop into serum here. Was it was it a, was it a variation of the one that you just showed us, or is this a different patch altogether? No, it was a, a variation of the one I showed you that I just did a lot more stuff to. I added the um, a different comb filter here, which is pretty crucial to the sound because without the comb filter, it would sound like this. What I did was I took the LFO, I can't remember if it was the first, yeah, it was the second one. And I did kind of a different shape with a little bit more release and took it to the comb filter, cut off. So every time it plays, you have the comb filter. Yeah, pretty crucial to this sound. I'll play you the third one I did as well. And that's basically just a tonal stab to make it more tonal because it's still pretty sharp and not really that tonal at all. Third one is just some tonal stabs that I did primarily on the snares actually. Just some to give it more tonality. I think it's really important when mentioning these synths that the cool thing about them is actually made in Effectrix. What is this? This looks amazing. It's an effects engine that you can use to like randomize stuff with. And I just did some reverb things here. So every time, let me just play it. Every time um, it crosses the section that has reverb, it gives it a lot of reverb. I took the, the wet level up to 70 here. It gives it a lot of reverb. Let me just play it so you can visualize it. Note that the audio is a bit behind, um, but it's dry unless it hits the the pink patterns there with the reverb. It, it saves you like an hour of automating a reverb and automating in Logic with reverb is not really that accurate anyway. So this is a much easier method of doing it. So just so I understand, if you were to hit any anything else on that grid, it would turn that on on that division. Exactly. So Let's try to put some uh, reverse just to do something here. It's a really old plugin, actually. I learned it like five years ago or something. You can do some really cool stuff in here, though. That is a little gem. That Not even a little gem. It's a mighty gem. <laughs> a mighty that's gem, mighty. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's actually what makes this lead sound interesting because it would be all dry unless that plugin was activated. How did you go about creating the rhythm and the melodic portion to these? Because I find when I make really cool songs and actually finding like a melodic thing to do is really hard because I just want to ride on that root note and not not do anything else so so i can't really speak a lot about melodic rhythm here because it's only two tones i think it's just bah, bah. it's mainly just playing an octave for the the sake of the variation but there's not a lot of melodic stuff going on here yeah, no it's actually only octaves it glides a lot i think i have to pour demando yeah all the way halfway actually but but you're mostly just writing on on octaves right yeah yeah mostly octaves yeah that's the thing about these leads they're not really interesting by themselves per se but the whole like the reverb variation the gliding yeah all the effect stuff like the muting automation and all that makes it a bit more interesting as far as the rhythm that these things are playing did you you know did you play it on a keyboard did you just draw it in like how did you come up with it i 
always play stuff on the keyboard. I never cross-ice my stuff. I was wondering why it was groovy. Really, really, really crucial part of getting a song to bounce right, especially when you're doing like trap stuff with hip hop drums, like I did here. So you see everything is not really on beat. Everything is a little bit early, but I never quantize myself at all. And it also has to do a lot with the fact that I would do LFOs that makes the lead not attack right away. So I would also have to move the synths a little bit because of the whops. <laughs> <laughs> the whops. <laughs> Wondering about your sidechain compression, are you doing normal sidechaining or how do you typically typically work? Not at all. So I usually, I'm a, if you've watched my own videos here, I'm a big advocate of the one-knob pumper plugin from Waves. I use that on all my tracks. I love this one so much. It's just a simple sidechain plugin. And actually with a lot of stuff, I will sidechain it. Yeah, I will sidechain it with the pumper first and then sidechain it manually to the kick or with a plugin which I later did with the solid, solid Dynamics from Native Instruments here. I actually have the Pumper plugin. Okay, my mouse is killing me. All right, hold on a second. Let me just switch up these batteries because this is not work. Do you really eat oatmeal every day? Every day. Every single day? Do you ever get sick of it? I've had oatmeal every day for almost five years, I think. I love that so much. I'm proud like I'm proud of you, but at the same time I'm like, oh <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could do it, man. <laughs> no, trust me, once you get into it, you're you're never gonna get out of it. So what I will usually do is have the one knob pumper plugin do like a four by four side chain. And then I have the um, sonic dynamics from native instruments that I used to side chain to the kick. I've never used the solid dynamics for that reason. That is cool. It's pretty good, actually. I kind of like sidechaining with that one. So yeah, I, I actually double sidechain in this instance, which is really weird, but it gives it that really pumpy effect. No, that's awesome. Said the sky does the same thing and he loves doing it. So just so that I understand with the one knob, the one knob is, it's not necessarily being triggered by any MIDI note or whatever, or whatever, right? It's always going, it's just being triggered by the metronome. Cool, does that ever get in the way if you wanna put something on like a quarter note? Oh uh, yeah, of course, it does. But then I just automate it. Like, oh, I didn't do it here actually, but usually I will automate the pumper. It's such a show automating in logic though. It's not precise at all. It really just, I should really switch to Ableton. I should. I was, was going to ask you that. I know. Everyone asks me and I'm, I'm always saying the same thing. Oh, I'm going to make the switch eventually, but I don't know, man. If you could push Fabian over the edge, Mr. Adam, what, what feature of Ableton is just makes it all worth it? I feel like almost how significant it is in the general producing community is also the is almost like the main reason to use it. Like there's there are lots of things you can do in Logic that you can't in Ableton and and, and vice versa. But and and you can also if you learn any one of them in enough detail, you can work around all the limitations for the most part. Yeah. But just the fact that over eighty percent of all producers use Ableton just means it's like an easier like community almost to be in uh, as a producer in terms of learning and getting presets and collaborating and and stuff like that. And I I kind of feel like it's got more of a future in it than logic like i don't really trust apple to support anything ever in, in the future. sadly um, i do agree with you yeah I, so I kind of feel like an, unless what they're making shaped like an iphone i don't quite trust them to ever work on it ever again <laughs> so true, I, I i say i say this as, as somebody who used to work for apple and who now hates oh, them ag aggressively and but still uses, uses all their products so that macbook air update was the most embarrassing thing ever like exactly they, literally they upgraded it to something it should have been Exactly, ago and added zero yeah. new features in between now and what it should have been five years ago. It's exactly, sad. yeah. There, it just sucks, man. They're like always behind on processes and all that. We're all hypocrites because we're all using Apple stuff, but like at the same time, it's like it's like this really vicious relationship, man. Because it's like 
their stuff is good, but it's just like it has the potential to be more. It's like raising a kid. That is that is the struggle of raising a child. You know they could be more. Anyways, doesn't matter. I'm not getting into that. Let's get back, <laughs> let's get back to this. Let's talk about how you incorporate that that gentle balance of repetition and variation. Um, I've, I've, I've noticed quite a lot when people send me songs, when they want feedback on songs, it's either on one end or the other. It's like, it's too repetitive. Like there's just, there's almost no change or it's too variation. It's just like, whoa, whoa there, whoa there. And so how do you find that gentle balance between the two? So this is something that I struggle with a lot, actually, because I think the eternal dilemma with producing this type of music is, should the second drop be the same as the first one? And that's such a big issue. And on this song, I kept the second drop almost the same as the first one with a few um, a few small changes in the fills and stuff. Because I feel like I, I tried, like at first I spent like two days trying to do a different second drop. And then I realized that it would be a completely different song if I did a different second drop. With this kind of music, you have to think about it also being able to be played out live and work well. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be too repetitive, but it shouldn't either be not repetitive at all because that would be weird live usually on my breaks i would do variations such as double timing the claps or doing more atmospheric stuff or stuff like that um and on drops just to use this one as an example i will like defer the lead melody a little bit and do fills and stuff like that so instead of going ba 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 it goes ba 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 like Really small stuff like that. Also have these chord steps that in the first drop, they go like this. And in the second drop, I did the chords a little bit different, so they sound like this. Small stuff like that, details. From what I can see is that like you kind of started with like like two bars, you, you, you built it, you made it sound good, duplicated it, varied it a little bit, and then you took those four bars, duplicated it, varied it a little bit, until you got the first drop, then you took the first drop, copied it over, and then you varied the second drop. Is that is that kind of what I'm hearing? Exactly. That's exactly what oh, you're hearing. That is awesome. That is one of the biggest tricks for newer producers to figure out. They get that two bars done, and then they think they have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. I, I used to think that a lot myself. It's all about also finding your own way of working around stuff like this. But this is a good way of doing it, I think, for most producers. Do you master your own tracks? No, I don't. I um I started mixing my own tracks a little more than a year ago. I did some masters myself, and then I figured out that it's always better to get different ears on it. Because every time I tried another engineer to get it mastered, it would always come out like 5% better. So at one point, I just realized that, hey, it might be better to actually get every song you do mastered elsewhere. Even though I have uh, I have Ozone on here, it's just for um for bouncing purposes. Like I bounced it out with Ozone to play it out and test it out. In that case, let's talk about your mixing process. So what, you know, like let's say, let's say you haven't mixed this song yet. You know, you just barely got done putting all the elements together. Walk me through like what your process is. Where would you start? What's the next steps and all that stuff? So usually I do mixing along the way, which I think most people do, obviously. So when I get into the process of actually mixing something, it's usually like 80% done already mix wise. So what I would do in the mix sessions is I would take all the elements and like start with the element I want to be most in focus, which in this case would be the vocals and the drop. And then I'll mix them first and get everything sounding crisp and clear. And then I mix everything afterwards according to the vocals and the leads. And so, and so when you're talking about, you know, how you said they have the vocals and the drop, when you, when you talk about the drop, you're just talking about the main leads and the yeah, drop. Yeah, I'm talking, talking about, about the main like, lead. Yeah, exactly. So, cool. So I have to yeah. get your vocals and your lead sounding good is that then do you move to like the drums or what, what comes after that 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so usually I would do vocals and lead first, and then I would move on to either the the drums or the bass. What I would usually do in these mix sessions is I'll find like a reference track or two beforehand. So the minute I start my mixing, I already have one or two reference tracks that I can cross listen to, like A, B, all the time, just to get everything straight. Because, I mean, let's face it, no producer in a small studio like this has the perfect list environment i'll give you a selfish plug for yourself so i guess it's an unselfish plug how does that how does that work anyways uh fabian here has an amazing uh video about 10 mixing tips if you guys haven't checked that out i highly encourage you to it'll be a little thing will pop up in the right corner right now so you can click on that you can go to that video and you can check that out it's they're really really good tips so go ahead and check that out so how you're saying the vocal chops at the beginning was from zed song but the level up vocal that's not from zed song is it no that's actually my own. And that's a funny thing, the old one, because I initially did like a whole verse thing recorded. Let's see if we can find. So it's just me saying level up in like a fake Rasta accent. <laughs> um, I actually have no idea what this is, but I think it's a verse. Oh. The main vocals is actually something I recorded. And please don't don't mind my very long vocal channel strip here. Yeah, it's actually full. It's not possible to get another plugin on the channel strip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Logic for allowing me to have 15 plugins here. I had the idea of how I wanted it to sound. And when I recorded it, I was like, this sounds awful. But I actually think I managed to process myself out of it. So let me just go through the important plugins here. Deesser, gate, compressor, the sound shifter again, which is three semitones, um, three semitones up. And then the manipulator from the good old friends at Polyverse. And actually, I think I, let me just double check, did something on the build where I used the manipulator to automate the, the format. And this is great because manipulators, like the engine, the way it does the formats of the vocals is great. So. Let me just play you guys hardware. On the build, I have the vocal format down. Pitch correction keeps everything. I put the scale to drone, which is funny because sometimes it will sound awful. And sometimes it creates this fun effect, which it did in this instance. Because, I mean, the original recorded vocal wasn't really in key. It was just me yelling with a light voice. And then let's see, we have the reverb, the neutron. I just so Neutron is a great plugin for mixing as well. Then OTT, of course, the voice centric from Waves, which I kind of like. It gives the vocal a little bit of that edge. And just to limit it because everything was sounding horrible and clippy and all that. And then I have the pumper. I think I automated the pumper as well. Yep. So just here, I automated the reverb tail. And in the build, I automated yeah the up, 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 up. So it just pumps a little bit to give everything a sidechain feel. What the heck is a drone scale? I've never heard of that before. Funny thing you asked that because I have no idea. It's something that I can, I've only found the drone scale in the pitch correction plugin from Logic. And it's something that's actually, let's try to see. It's something that's close to a single note thing. C sharp and the G sharp. So it's only a fifth apart. It's, it's it only, only allows a, those two. It's only the root and a fifth. This pitch, pitch correction plugin is awful, but sometimes it can create a really cool effect. Oh, I suppose, yeah, because it, it, it's audio, isn't it? Not MIDI, so. Yeah, we'll give some strange results. What was the most difficult part of the track? The most difficult part of, I think, 90% of all the tracks I do is the drop. Because I found it, I find it really difficult to do like 
unique drops per se, but also just like finding a drop lead and designing a drop lead is something that I will spend hours on. Like I will do the initial idea for a song like this one in a day, and then I will spend one to two weeks just sound designing a drop and getting everything to sound cool. Once again, the drop is the part I struggle with the most. I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like the bit you struggled with, so yes. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> oh, I did. Would you like our feedback on your song? I would love that. My feedback this time is positive feedback, so I think it's equally, equally important to give positive feedback where you think something worked as well as You're not getting feedback. roasted this time, man. Next time you'll get roasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it sounds simple, but something that, something that most people get wrong is you name the track after the level up bit in the intro. So in terms of the track almost having identity and me remembering it, it almost immediately clicked. Whereas oftentimes people send me tracks and it almost it's hard to remember what, what they did because it's, it's almost hard to make, make that connection. But just sim- simply having that level up thing repeating a few times and also the track being called level up just kind of helped it consistency almost like just make a mark in my brain uh, quite, quite easier anyway so yeah, that's some good advice man thank you man i'm super happy to hear that actually that is such a good idea because uh do you guys know who a data remember is nope nope totally not an electronic world it's they're totally like post hardcore um rock alternative kind of stuff but anyways the the just to give you an example of what he's talking about and why it's good is that uh, they have a song is called if it means a lot to you what sucks about it is that it was, it was like one of my favorite songs for a really long time but they it never says in any part in the entire song if it means a lot to you it doesn't say that at all so i didn't listen to it for like years and then it like it like it, it just popped in my mind one day i'm like oh man what no what is it called and i started singing it in my head but like no wait they, none, it's not in the song you know and so it's kind of like you don't want that you want people to be able to sing your song and be like that's the that's the title. That's the, I like that multi. That's good. Yeah, I I kind of feel like there are places to get creative and confuse the audience, but having them remember the name of your song shouldn't be one of those places to confuse people. That's some good. Stuff. Who's that guy in the background? That's a very good question. Actually, I don't know. I'm sitting in the studio complex, just like four other studios here. But I thought it was the only one here. Actually, pretty scary. I'm sitting down in like a dark basement here. Cool. So my feedback that I have for you is: first off, this is a freaking amazing song. I do have some. Thank some, you, man. Some. I have some feedback to make the song better, potentially. But but before we get into that, um, it is a very, very good song. In fact, I was listening to it on uh, the Trap Nation Spotify playlist, and I usually go through that just to hear new songs and whatnot. And, you know, most of the time, like, I'm going to say like 80% of the time I listen to a song, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. And I just kind of skip, skip, skip. But yours, it caught me. I was writing an email, and it got me. It got me good. You nailed it, dude. You nailed it. There's, there's something very, I don't know what it is, but there's something about this song that caught my attention very, very good. I think it was the, you had the sound design, you had the catchy rhythm, you had it, man. You got me. You, you Thank you so you much. Got it. I appreciate Absolutely. that, man. Absolutely. So something that I think they can make the, the track better is those those little chord stabs that you showed us, kind of like, a, I think they're like in the middle of each drop, right? Yeah, yeah. It, you know those ones? So um, I'm assuming they're just playing the key of the song, right? Um, Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Okay. What I noticed that when I heard them, they seemed almost a little too... A little too peppy, a little, a little too happy, you know, because the the drop comes in, it's kind of like aggressive, it's nice, it's, it's it's going good. But when they came, it was just it was a little too, a little too happy for me, so to say. So what I would highly encourage you to do is maybe maybe throw in something a little bit else, you know, maybe like the Dorian mode at that at that specific Ooh, okay, time, yeah. you know, to, you know what I mean? Just give it a little bit crunch, give it a little. Uh. Personally, that's just to taste. That's just I, I like dark music, anyways. So if I had a little bit more like a like a what's called like a tritone in there or, yeah, yeah. or, or a harmonic yeah. seven just something to be like oh you know oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah sure oh, okay you got me so, you, so that's you'll my hear feedback. that in my next track for sure good 
uh multi any any other questions or, or feedback or anything no it's good that's uh yeah i thought it was a really cool track nice one thank you so much really really good track absolutely and so the final final question hit you with the you thought you were done well, you know you're not done you got one more question what so, do you got for me what do you got did you have a good time I had an amazing time. Thank you for having me. An amazing me. time. If you could send a viewer, basically have a call to action, where, where would you send them? Would you say to SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, where, where do you want them to go after watching this video? That's funny, actually. The good old social media question. I think I will say Spotify. A year ago, I would have said SoundCloud, but now I'm going to say Spotify. Spotify. Viewers, go check it out. Go check out his Spotify. And I actually can vouch for this. His Spotify is amazing. He's You're an amazing producer, by the way. Thank, the you. One, Thank you so much. Freaking the one song that you did. It had Rasta vocals in it. Oh, what was it? Arena? Arena, dude. Oh, yeah, that. Arena. It's like me, fake Rasta, accenting like <laughs> on another level. It's it's awful. The dude from Denmark acting like he's from Jamaica. Oh, love it. Hey, Daw Nation. Hope you enjoyed episode 37.5 of In the Daw with Fabian Mazur. If you did, please let us know in the comments. If you didn't, please let us know in the comments. We want to make this series the best that it can be for you. Um, also, if you could, please uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow, repost, you know, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're partaking of this, whether it's on iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Deezer, YouTube, you know, wherever you're partaking of it, it just helps us know that what we're doing is legitimate. So I uh, just want to remind you about the Patreon. I want to remind you about artist suggestions, private lessons, uh, entering for that social media marketing consultation, and to be able to get those serum presets for the main lead in the song. All of those things are in links down in the description. Go ahead and click on that. It means the world to us. Anyways, I just want to say thank you, Daw Nation, for coming through, checking this out, and make sure to check back here next week for our special guest that's going to be on In The Daw. Well, Wyatt, who's coming on In The Daw? Oh, well, funny you should mention that. It's a duo out of Las Vegas called Caked Up. So if you want to see Caked Up break down one of their songs, make sure to stop back here on the next episode of In The Daw. With that being said, thank you so much, Daw Nation. Have a fantastic day.